back to our Thursday Night Live and this is Peter. Hello everyone, good evening, Frankie here. Yeah, so welcome to the show once again. Yeah, nice to see you guys every Thursday night. <laughs> well, somehow every Thursday night, right, something big happened. But somehow today is a little bit more chill, more calm. Hey, yeah, la, yeah la. Today, right? like, like, like in terms of world news, in terms of law, economic stuff, uh, it's nothing too... Um, it's just continuation of previous what has happened. La, correct, right? correct, nothing, correct. Nothing new that came out and shocked the world. Mm. Right? That's good, that's good. We can uh, but I believe take there a are breather some, a bit. There are some datas as well, right? That you were reading, talking about China and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think the biggest news in the past few days actually came from China. China said that... Um, their import and exports number were pretty bad. So mm. bad that, um, you know, it caused the market to uh, tumble a little bit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe before we start, all right, let's just ask a very quick question. How many of you guys here actually run your own business? Yeah. How many of you guys here run your own business? Mm. Yeah. If you run your own business, please write down in the comment there one. Later also we'll ask again. Like, anyway, yeah. Huh? yeah. Uh, for those of you who are here, uh, just a quick one before we get into tonight's topic. Yeah. This coming Saturday, we'll be running our very first live uh, physical workshop, right? In yeah. BCC. Yeah. Can't wait to meet you guys in person, finally. Yeah, how many of you guys are coming? Yeah, if you are coming, you know, write one in the comment as well for us. Yeah, I think some of the people are also watching, but they're not really watching. They're just listening, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, anyway. Maybe, maybe in their mind, they type one already, but they never show it on the screen. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. We will see you on that day. Anyway, <laughs> tonight's topic. Uh, here's what we are going to talk about, right? Tonight, we're going to be talking about recession. I think uh, entering into 2023, that is a question that a lot of people are asking. People are always wondering, like, uh, how, how 2023 is going to be like? Is it going to be better or not? Because mm. 2021 and 2020, 2021, 2022 has been not such a good year. COVID, yeah. world events. You know, uh, during 2020, it was like um, the market is, I mean, the, the the COVID happened. But then after that, everyone was very hot with the market. And then by 2021, we start seeing like people starting to suffer already. By 2022, mm. right? Uh, all those who invested kind of lost a lot of money in the market mm. already. Like, especially those chase after glove, right? Yeah. yeah the, the value has dropped by about uh, 90%. Mm. Yeah, 90 over percent. So imagine those who actually bought at about 20 over ringgit for top glove or whatnot. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's such, such a painful thing. And, and we have time to time again, we see all these kind of things, right? And uh, suddenly right now, we have kind of come to this place where like, okay, those are kind of in the past already, but let's look ahead. What mm. is ahead of us? And so the big question is this, right? 2023, do you think it's going to be a better year or worse year? But let's start with this very simple question. When uh, I think one thing that, that, that was really significant was Malaysian ringgit has been weakening uh, over the past one year, right? right? It has been really, really bad. You know, things like, well, we were talking about reaching five ringgit for every USD. And then after that, uh, the new government took over, Anwar became the prime minister. And on that day itself, we saw that the ringgit Malaysian actually strengthened, right? Strengthened. And people are, are starting to wonder like, hey, does it mean that it's a good sign? And does it mean that uh, in future, in 2023, things are going to be better? So mm. what are your thoughts on this, Frankie? Actually, it's not a good sign. <laughs> Um, well, it is a good sign in the long run because a strengthening ringgit means that when we want to buy imported stuff and Malaysia is pretty much um, relying on uh, imported goods. So in a long-term perspective, of course it is good. That means that we don't need to work so hard to get more ringgit to buy those uh, imported stuff. But in the immediate term, imagine those businesses whereby they need to import raw materials for their production. Yep. Last time, they already forecasted that, okay, la, since ringgit is 475, right? So I already... 
um, prepared those those money to do um, all my uh, purchases and all that. Then suddenly, bam, the the whole forecast go haywire, right? That's right. From four seventy five now become like four forty, four fifty like that. Yeah. Then that is close to five to ten percent change in their uh, financial forecast. So that would definitely have an impact in their numbers. Um, so in the immediate term, I think um, at least for the budgeting and strategy sites for businesses, they will face a lot, a lot of uh, roller coaster ride la, from now on. Mm. As we were talking about this right now, right? Uh, $1 USD is actually exchanging a 440 Malaysian ringgit, which is, well, it's... Uh, Not bad. From 475 to 440, uh, there's a 35, 40 cents. That's close, yeah, to, close yeah, to 10%. Yeah, I still recall in the early of the year uh, and just about one, two months ago before the new government took over, right? A lot of people asking us if they should start changing their money into USD. Yeah. And I think during that time, we actually shared with you guys that it has already come to the end part of it. Uh, so you have to be very careful if you're thinking about changing USD because it may end up coming down. And uh, we're surprised, right? That, that I mean, we kind of expect it to come down, but we didn't expect it to come, come down, down so, so fast. fast, right? Correct. Like, like, we didn't expect it to come down so fast. Yes, there were a lot of rumors, a lot of uh, 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 questions like flying around. They were already saying that if, let's say, uh, the new government is going to take over, then what happens is that investors will have a slightly better long-term uh, mm. long-term <clears throat> confidence for our nation but right. uh, if let's say uh, it was going to be certain party uh, yeah. then they, they could be a loss of confidence Yeah, especially if let's say it's going to be uh, heading towards a, a much more um, what do you call that a radical side yeah. of things like kind of like what happened in Indonesia right mm. yeah Indonesia came up with a very shocking news right oh, what they, is it about they say that um, from next year onwards or currently right now what they're going to do is that they're going to ban ban uh non-married sex. So oh, if let's say you're yeah. not married, you can have <laughs> sex, right? Yeah. yeah. And what happened is that it, it also applies to foreigners as well if you're going there. So I'm wondering right now, if let's say you're dating and you go to Bali, right? <laughs> you're planning to go Bali to be naughty. Uh. You yeah. cannot do that anymore. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, some say that it's actually you can't do it with the local lah, right? I but see. Uh, with that happening, then what he's trying to say is that it's, it's, uh, it's, actually, hurting, it's actually trying to trying to fight the, 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 what do you call that? The mm. human trafficking, you know, a prostitution, you know, and stuff like that, which is, which is actually a good thing, right? Mm. Uh, but this also comes upon with a limit for, if let's say you are expat working there and you met a local and you want to, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you started dating there, then, Okay, good no, you man, need, yeah. You need to get married first. Good for you. Maybe, you know? maybe that's one way for them to actually encourage people to marry there and then become an Indonesian citizen. Yeah. Uh, then that will boost their economy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. We won't know. But what happened is that immediately US and many other nations actually came up and stood up and start speaking about it. They mm. say that, hey, this, this is not good because when you do this, then how... I, I can't be sending in my workers and tell them like, hey, you can't be dating a local, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct, it's, it's going to cause problems. So uh, what happens is that when you affect the lifestyle, then what happens is that none of your staff will want to go and live in mm. live in Indonesia. So that, that could be a problem in itself. Now, uh, having said that, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, before you go there, I want to rephrase my, my uh, statement just now. Uh, strengthening ringgit um, uh, does not have a negative impact for people who are importing raw materials, but it will affect people who are exporting goods overseas. Yeah, actually, that was the next question I wanted to ask you. Correct, <laughs> correct. So, yeah, so immediately I, I thought, oh, sorry, wrong. So imagine, for example, Malaysian tech companies right, have been uh, supplying all these chips to all the big big companies like Apple, Samsung and all that. So they were, they were enjoying good, good revenue because one US dollar is 475 ringgit, 
Right now, one US dollar is only 440 ringgit. That's so right. that is That's right. almost 10% loss in terms of revenue denominated in ringgit Malaysia. That's right. So going forward, the next one quarter, I'm very likely to see that, uh, you know, Malaysian tech stocks, uh, they will report a much lower revenue. And of course, it will translate down to lower profit as yep. well. You're talking about 10%, man. That's correct, correct, quite correct. a lot, man. Without yeah. doing anything, you lost 10%. And, right? and imagine if, let's say, during that time, right, due to this high exchange rate, they felt that it was sustainable and uh, they actually hired more people, then that's going to get them into trouble because they're further into the mm. margin, right? But on the other hand, there are also certain companies that I'm I'm kind of worried for them is that those companies that are heavily reliant on uh, commodities, right? Although the import is actually cheaper right now, but for those companies who actually bought into futures to secure, mm. they also could have a problem. And one of the most common ones is like airlines, right? Mm. Airlines, if let's say during this period of time, they felt that Malaysian ringgit may go down, they could have bought a significant amount of futures. Yep. And those who bought futures will be able to reflect in their balance sheet later that, oh no, you know, mm. they just lost money from there. So here we'll come down to the question, right? If let's say you've bought some uh, airline companies or something like that, maybe, just maybe, uh, you may want to find a way to figure if there is any uh, uh, futures that is not worth the money there. Yeah. Right, that is in their balance sheet. Uh, if let's say that happens, correct. then you may want to take care about yeah. that. You see, stock tips. Uh. Now, having <laughs> said that, right, uh, we know that the current situation with our internet is lagging again. We do not know why, uh, but I think this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to off my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that uh, so that we'll just look at Frankie's uh, screen. Lah. And yeah, let's see. But if let's say it lags too much, you know, uh, just let us know again in the comment. Okay. Nonetheless, nonetheless, right? Let's move on to the next part of this thing, right? Which is talking about the government. Oh, okay. Right? With a new, new government, government coming in, right? Uh, there is a whole question of where will this take us to, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Does it mean that Malaysia is going to be a better nation after this? Uh, does it mean that economy will actually be doing well, mm. right? And um, when when talking about this question, uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think are the are the are the hopeful side that you can think about? Okay, uh, so far, you know, after Anwar became the Prime Minister, he appointed his cabinets and all that. And you see all the ministers already starting to do their work. They go on the ground, you know, they observe what are the problems facing by the people and all that. Um, but if you pay attention, right, actually they are addressing all the daily issues. Daily yep. issues like right. um, the leaf at the MRT station broken down, uh, traffic jam everywhere, you know, that they, they, they are focusing on that kind of stuff. They haven't go into that how that that economic sector yet. That's right. So they haven't planned how to bring in more FDI, how to prepare infrastructure to actually uh, improve the supply chain in Malaysia. Uh, that part, I think it needs further planning. And I think it will come when the government actually table the new budget 2023. Mm, mm. So at this point, it's still pretty much like... Um, uh, firefighting, uh, so to say, because you yeah. still got the banjir issue, which they need to clean people's houses and try to uh, widen the river so that the water can flow out yeah. faster and things like that. So right now, it is still hard to say what are the hopeful things that we can um, see for the future. Uh, at least right now, you know, they are trying to help to improve our day-to-day -day life uh, and and even that also, we are not sure whether they're doing a good job or not. So we have to observe longer to mm. see. 
I think one thing for sure is that the current government actually is very much focusing on our day-to-day stuff, like uh, especially in terms of living costs, right? Mm. Yeah, and that was something that was uh, literally mentioned and even having a ministry that, that pinpoint that, oh, you're going to be in charge of this part, right? Correct. Yeah, I think it was uh, Mat Sabu's ministry, if mm. I'm not wrong. Mm. Yeah, so... That is definitely one part of it. Uh, but and our <coughs> Miti side will be will be Tengku Safro, right? Yeah, mm. Tengku Safro will be Miti. Uh, will be the Miti minister, and he will be the person in charge of bringing in the investment. But as all of us know, uh, in Malaysia, when it comes to the past one year, I think there are a few things that is actually attracting investor a lot. Number one, we are talking about data centers. Mm. Somehow, we have been a place where a lot of uh, a lot of big company has chose to invest their data center here in yep. Malaysia. And, yep. and that is truly one of those uh, good thing to look at. Uh, we think that currently when we look at it, the current government focus seems to be much more on solving, yeah, solving the living cost for the people at mm. this point and uh, those day-to-day stuff and so on. So that is something that we see them focusing on, but uh, there's still very little conversations going about the economy in general. Mm. Now, and if you actually look <coughs> at over the past year, Malaysia has been quite a hot destination for a lot of investment, especially for tech companies in terms of data centers, mm. you know, and stuff like that. Now, um, and 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 another one we have that <coughs> hot kick of a DNEX, right? Yeah, the the Sutera, yeah, which yeah, uh, which actually is a very very big thing, yeah. Mm. Uh, supposedly it's gonna bring in a lot of GDP to Malaysia as well. Yeah, yeah. But right now with all this argument going on, we we are really a little bit uncertain. But mm. having said that, I think for Malaysia to be able to solve this problem, talking about helping the nation to actually do well in in terms of economy, I think that. Um, True. Like think about it last year, right? When when they brought in a lot of uh uh what do you call that? Uh FDI. FDI. Uh, mm-hmm. We also talked about this one part is that although there's FDI, but we have a problem with our basic infrastructure and our facilities, which is um we may not have that much of highly skilled people mm. to actually work in the field. Uh, we may not have certain facilities around available and certain policies are unclear, but I guess, so in the next few months or maybe up to a year, maybe a lot of things that we'll see is for them to lay down those groundwork. For example, settling the DNB stuff for 5G even to start with, right? Yep. Which is very important. If Let's say you're talking about 5G uh, data centers and stuff like that as mm. well, right? So um, when when we are looking at that, uh, I was just listening in BFM's uh, early morning breakfast grill this morning on, on yes, uh, you know, YTL. Yeah. And, but that's a whole different, different topic. Story. So he was talking about the 5G infrastructure, you know, being, uh, uh, has already improved and they have actually a 20% stick in that, that DNB one. They mm. bought the 20% uh, bandwidth. Or so, so I, I don't know what's yep, the yep, right yep. technical word for it. Yep. La. Yeah. But, but then Shaoning actually came up with this very, very good question, right? But Jandela itself is not executed very well. <laughs> so even though you are like very good in 5G because you are the you you got a major share but Jandela is not doing very well it wasn't right. executed very well it's not up to date and how right. long how long more is it gonna be that so you know mm. you are you are the best in a broken system at this point yeah mm. so these are some of the very basic stuff that needs to be handled before we talk about the economy uh, investments and yada yada in general and that's what we think now and will this end up affecting the economy in terms of recession uh, well yes 
Because if let's say suddenly during this time we are already infrastructure, new companies coming in, building, uh, building more new facilities and stuff like that, then naturally it's gonna help us solve quite a bit of the recession issue. Because mm. currently right now, if you look at this recession question that's going around, it's actually very much affected because at the global scale or the macro event. It is not so much about Malaysia doing well or not. It is actually the global supply chain is coming to a halt and slowly breaking down. Because in the past, the world has been very much a globalized place. But um, as we move on, ever since COVID, somehow people start realizing that, hey, globalization may not be that good a thing. So they want to start building their own local supply chain. And that's what has been happening. And so having said that as well, there's one more event that has been affecting the whole world, right? Which is China. You want to shed some light on what's actually happening with China recently, Frankie? Uh, okay, so everybody knows that China is the world's global manufacturing hub. Everything in the world is made in China, right? So um, how to gauge the world economy condition? Of course, you look at China's import and export numbers, right? So if, we, if, if they're exporting a lot of tough stuff, means that people are actually buying things. So that is good for the economy. Or if they import a lot of goods, most likely are raw materials to bring into China to, to be manufactured into finished goods to sell then that is also a good thing. But what happened is that in the past few days, um, all the economies around the world predicted that, yes, China is going to slow down because they have all this zero COVID policy kind of stuff, right? So they were predicting that, um, if I'm not mistaken, the export to come down by about 3%, 3, 3 over percent, and then the imports will also fall by around 6%, somewhere around there. I can't remember the exact number. But the point of the story here is that when the real number came out, it was substantially off the scale mm. of what they have forecasted. Well, previously when economists forecast, yes, if you forecast something like, let's say 5%, then usually it's in the range of, okay, la, between four to six, right? So yeah. that, that is acceptable. But this time around when they predicted uh, export to fall by three over percent, but it actually fell to 8.6, if I'm not mistaken. So that's like, one more than one hundred percent off the scale. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. from three over become eight something, and then from like six percent to like all the way down to ten percent. So that actually shocked the market. Then, um, so uh, in the past two days, you can see that every stock market is in red, and then if you tune in to CNBC or Bloomberg News, they are all topics about oh, so is this the time that we actually come out and talk about recession. And if recession, then how bad is it going to be next year? Mm, mm, yeah, mm. So that is the situation now over there. So maybe do you want to explain to the people why China is such, why, why China's export and uh, import has dropped so much and actually how big a role China play in this whole global economy? Um, well, uh, like I say just now that, uh, you know, almost every single thing is made in China. Even some, some of your semiconductor is made in China as well. Uh, but I think what make their import and exports fail is pretty much of their, co their, 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 their what? Zero COVID policy. And I think because of that, right, they know that they cannot, they cannot adhere to that policy anymore. So they slowly, slowly re relax their um, COVID restrictions. Mm. So right now, if you go outdoor, you don't need to show your uh, test result anymore. You can just go to outdoors and all that. So because of that relaxation, you see Hong Kong today also did quite well. I, I think apart from Hong Kong, actually the rest of the Asian markets was in red, 
but yeah. Hong Kong registered a more than 3% gain. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. Once they lacks it, straight away Hong Kong experienced a gain the other day, right? Mm. And having said that as well, now, right now, uh, China is also facing some political uncertainty because there's more and more people uh, going out into streets to actually speak against Xi Jinping, right? Asking him to step down. Mm. And, and and this is the first time that actually it's uh, a, a, so apparently rampant, somebody yeah, so like, yeah. oh, daring like that. Some, somebody was saying that uh, actually not many people know that the world has already reopened. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you know, you know, now is World Cup season, ma. Mm, mm, mm. So apparently, some people say that if you watch the China version of World Cup, right, you know, when the camera show the crowd, yes, then China actually cut and then shift the camera back to the players. Really? So huh? all the time you can only see the players, so you don't know oh. whether there's actually people in the stadium or not. So they wanna they don't wanna show you lah, right? Correct, wow. correct, so correct. that so that you don't feel like hey, you know. That's like what I heard lah, but I don't know. Open, yeah. Yeah. But we don't know lah, we don't know lah. Yeah. China has a very strict control on their media, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's why I think that the the the, the political uprising there right now is it it has to be something very big because mm. if not, it wouldn't be able to be captured by 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 actually foreign papers. Because mm. if I'm not wrong, the last time I read about how China clamped down all this, right? It's damn power and they actually they actually monitors everyone's social media and their their WeChat, you know, everything all. So what happened is that when someone say that like, okay, we're gonna go and demonstrate, right? Then immediately the police will get Will, will actually read off from their text and everything. They mm -hmm. know what's actually happening and they will go to the station itself near the people's house to block them off already. Mm. So you will never see a demonstration. Mm. Yeah, that's how it works. So the fact that currently there's a demonstration and everything, it's it's actually a pretty much a very, very big thing, Radiant. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very, very big thing and you'll start seeing people disappearing and stuff like that. So with all that happening, right, we can see what's happening in China at this point is that um, Xi Jinping himself is is busy dealing with in-house problem, you know? He got no time to deal with the out outside problem at this point. Mm. Yeah, and will he want a war right now? Definitely no, because he can't even deal with the in-house issue right now. So, will they... So, the only way right now that he can actually move forward is actually really to just don't bother and try to open it up as much as he can because the main the main cries from the people right now is is especially from the urban area mm. where they keep getting lockdowns. Correct. Yeah. They can't so, even go to work. Yeah, they can't go to work. They, you know, we have heard so many crazy issues, right? But the point is that if let's say China falls in terms of economy, it is actually a huge impact in the world because if China got recession, we got a huge problem. Yeah. Malaysia is one of those countries that will be affected significantly. Yeah. yeah because they are our one of the largest, main, uh, main second trade largest partners. or yeah. largest. Probably uh, first or second. First or second, yeah. either one. Uh, them and US. Uh, these yeah. two are our main trade partners, you know. So what happens is that if let's say they go through a recession, the clients of our Malaysian company close down, boom, that's it. That's mm. gonna be a issue with it immediately. Yeah, that's gonna be an issue. So uh here are some of the things that you will look at. Will there be a recession coming ahead? Here are some of the things that you really want to pay attention to. Look at China data. Uh U.S. data has been pretty transparent, so nothing much to talk about. And U.S. has been reporting a, a lot of a layoff, right? But mm. from what I can see lately on the good news side is this, um, is that U.S. layoff, while it's very significant, it is actually very much specific to the tech sector. Yeah, it's very much specific to tech sector. So uh, not so much to other industry. Mm. So it tells you one thing is that, okay, the com companies that are really suffering are actually tech companies. It's mm. actually not the general companies. The general companies are actually doing quite okay. Yeah. Because to think about it, if let's say 2020, 2021, they already suffered enough, right? Like whatever retail shop, they close, mm. close, you know? Yeah. So it's like, 
like down already. Mm. So the bad news already passed, right? But for tech companies, on the other hand, it boomed. Mm. It boomed significantly. And some of them actually expanded. They hired more people. They they bought new offices. They moved in, you know, and stuff like that. And end of the day, what happened was suddenly there's a slowdown. Yeah. And they have to start cutting back. Correct. So what happened is that because throughout past 10 years, right, they have been so-called printing money. They print, print, print so much, right? As much as $9 trillion in the system. Now, even though the Fed has been increasing interest rates, it takes time to actually rewind all this uh, $6 trillion or $9 trillion in the market. And there are uh, economists uh, predicting that all this um, free money or so-called cheap money will only be able to fully rewind back by mid of next year. Yep. So that is the reason why US economy is still showing quite robust growth because there's still a lot of uh, liquidity in the market. But come next year when all this money is gone, then you know you have people with not enough cash. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. that's when the difficulties will kick in. Yeah. So right now, we want to move on instead of talking about the macro, let's go back to a little bit closer to home mm, and sure. where we are, right? Yeah. How do we prepare for a recession? What are some of the things that happens during a recession? So uh, maybe for some of the viewers out there, you may be wondering because you've been hearing the word recession for so long, but you don't know how is it really like a recession, right? Mm. So maybe, Frankie, do you want to share a little bit like how a recession happens uh, mm. in a more closer to home scenario and what was it like when Malaysia had a recession the last time? You're right. Okay, the textbook answer for recession is two consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. So if this three months, uh, Malaysia GDP has been registered a negative growth and then the next three months also register another negative growth, then officially we are in a recession. But textbook answer is textbook answer. Like you ask me like, hey, Two quarter GDP negative, nothing to do with <laughs> nothing me. Nothing to do with yeah, me. Yeah, I do, don't feel anything. Correct. Right, I still get my salary. I still live like normal, you know, stuff like that. Um, I actually asked this question when I was a very, very junior um, staff in a bank. So I asked, yeah, recession is recession, but how do we know that we are in a recession? Like like on an mm. individual level. So my, my, my senior would say, oh, very easy. The day that you are worried whether tomorrow you got a job or not, that is recession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is very true. Yeah, that, that is very true. Yeah, that, that is the point that you think that, oh shit, tomorrow I don't know whether I got a job or not. Yeah, that is very true. I remember at one point there were a lot of talks about VSS, right? Uh. Like for example, uh, in 2018, there was a lot of talk about VSS. Uh, in 1997, there were a lot of talk about VSS. Uh, but I think Malaysia on one hand, we are quite shielded from it because the nature of our local business generally, we are not high-tech growth business. Mm. We are generally quite a stable business. Yep. Malaysian business are, yeah, yeah, that's what people criticize Malaysia as well. They yep. always say that Malaysians, Malaysian business is not ambitious enough, mm. but it is because Malaysian business are not that ambitious. That's why when things happen, you're also not, too affected. Mm. And in fact, we hear a lot about VSS usually affects MNC, not so much uh, local firms, mm. right? Uh, it's just like local firms, just no, no increment on next year, very mm. little bonus or, you know, stuff like that. So in that case, right, I think general Malaysian populan, uh, population, unless it's very, very bad, uh, you you may not really, really feel it that much. Mm. And, and having said mm. that as well, right, I think there's a psychological factor at play uh, right now for most of the household in Malaysia is that due to COVID, even before we talk about inflation, things already increased in price. Mm. It already increased in price significantly. And, and so 
we are kind of desensitized by that crazy amount of price hike already. Yeah. So the question is moving ahead. Will those, uh, like for example, egg price went down now. Ma. Previously, a lot of, uh, I've been complaining about this. Uh, many shops increase their price like Panmi or whatever, increase their price already, right? Because they say egg price go up. Are they going to reduce their price now with egg price coming down? No, they are <laughs> not going to do that. Now, however, the next thing is that next year, will they increase their price again? Hmm. Chances are they may still do an annual adjustment. But the fact is that we are kind of used to it to a certain extent because hmm. that's where we feel like, okay, they do that every year anyway. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it doesn't really affect. However, my biggest worry is this. That's that's will be my biggest worry, right? Because uh, as someone pointed out just now as well, uh, while we talk about recession, while we talk about things are not doing very well, but we see restaurants being full in the weekend. We mm. see shopping malls full in the weekend. We still see our friends like buying things like crazy, right? And you're asking yourself this question, where is recession when people can spend like that? Mm. And I personally would say that because of all these facilities available in the market, many people can actually sustain a huge amount of debt while not going bankrupt. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. So yep. I think if you really want to look at Malaysia, is it going into debt or not? You want to look at the average deposit. Mm. But that data is not easily available, right? There's, yeah. a, there's a household debt data for the banking system. Uh, that number has been slowly increasing. Uh, so now it's between the range of high 80 over percent. If I'm not mistaken, it's 86 or 87 percent, mm. which means to say um, on average, every household, if you earn 100 ringgit, 86, 86 ringgit is actually loan. It's tied to loan. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, but having said that as well, it's also because certain families spend more and certain less and you're just averaging it out. Lah. But having said that, that that's, that's the truth, right? I think if you really want to look at whether Malaysia is getting into trouble or not, uh, you want to find that data for deposits, yeah. right? You want to find how much average Malaysians are saving. Yeah, those those things are available. Uh, we spoke to some bankers. They also got tell us like during COVID time, you can see the average deposit grew. And then after, right after COVID ended, right? It just boom, plunge all the way, man. Mm. Yeah, people are spending so much for traveling and stuff like that. And like I say, right, end of day, a lot of people can sustain themselves over long term with debts and not going bankrupt. And that is the problem that I think Malaysians will end up facing, leading to a very poor middle income group. Yeah, that, that is on the individual side. And I think the next scary part about Malaysia going into recession next year is for the SME. Now, if you think back, right, during the COVID time, right, a lot of people, maybe they lose their job or they find a uh, uh, side geek to do, you know, stuff like that. So eventually, then after that, we slowly come back out from uh, MCO and all that. And all these companies started to show improvement in their business. So they thought that, eh, is a growth phase in my business. So they got very excited. And at that time, interest rate was very cheap. Yeah. Right? It's like one, one over percent, two percent only. That's so right. what they did was, hey, my, if my business is growing, in order to grow further, and if my loan is so cheap, I borrow money and pump into my business. That's right. That's right. So they were all chasing for strong growth. Very strong, very fast growth, which is okay in that kind of economic condition. But right now you're talking about a full-fledged reopen of economy. All these people are starting to go back out to restaurants, you know, uh, they go shopping and all that. So all these e-commerce are starting to slow down. Yes. And don't forget all these SMEs in the past, right? From 2020 all the way to 2021, end of 2021. All this, they were pretty focused on all the e-commerce stuff. 
mm. like, like cloud kitchen, la, you know, all these fancy fancy yeah, words yeah. to come That's up. Right. So they were all chasing for all this strong growth, high growth. But now they lack of sustainable growth. Mm. Yeah. And all their money has been deployed for that strong growth. Yes. So, and now interest rate is getting higher and higher and higher and you didn't plan for that sustainable, gro- sustainable growth. So I think 2023 will be quite difficult for them. Yeah, I think that's, that's very true, you know, uh, especially those businesses that were fully focused on a uh, digital side. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying like you are a normal business and you have a digital arm that markets your business. Lah. I'm talking about like Club Kitchen, right? Uh, just walk into Ch- Chita Mall itself, right? You will see that there's one particular shop. It's it, The whole thing is a Club Kitchen. Mm. The whole thing is a cock kitchen. It's just one shop with six brands. Yep. Right? Uh, and this kind of business, you can see that it's not doing very well. It's just purely dependent on online delivery. And this kind of business, I would say that they are in a little bit of a problem at this point. Mm. Uh, or they should be careful, uh, right? Uh, definitely, who am I to judge their balance sheet because they never show us, right? Mm. Uh, but having said that, right? End of the day, coming into this 2023, it's a very unique position that Malaysians are in once again, especially for businesses. Because you really do not know where are things going to head to. And there's always this domino effect, right? Where everyone is scared about recession. They don't dare spend. Even if your client got money, they also don't dare spend. Then naturally, they are not giving you enough business. Mm. Then you also don't dare spend. So negative GDP growth, lor? Yeah, so if it continue just plays, for two yeah. quarters, then But in actual recession. fact, got money or not, we do not know. Correct. But at least... By, by psychologically, people are scared. Even for us, right? We, we dare not hire too much. And when we hire, we are very lean. I think we are one of the very lean companies around to a certain extent. Mm. Yeah, uh, Not super lean yet, la, but, but I think lean enough, la, right? Mm. At least we are not fat as a company. Yeah. So if you actually look at it, right? Um, I think it's very important moving ahead in 2023 to actually really pay attention to cash flow because if you notice, the main thing that traps a lot of people, whether you are individual or you are a business, right? The biggest problem that you get trapped in is actually cash flow. Mm. And like we always say, right? When it comes to business or either in personal finance, your cash is like the blood like that. It's like your human body, uh, you go blood, you know, your cash is the blood, you know, you don't have this blood, uh, you cannot... Cannot function. Then. That's you, right. That's why it's called liquidity, right? It's liquid <laughs> in the business. <laughs> That's very true. Mm. Yeah. So why don't I talk a little bit about as an individual, right? If let's say as an individual, what do you see are some of the common pitfalls that that during a recession people will get themselves into trouble with? Uh, I think they have this mentality that um, if I, if I have money today, um, why not enjoy? So they will just um, spend what, what they want, what they like, but um, they forget to look a few steps further and see whether next month, next quarter, or next half a year, whether they are able to sustain that kind of lifestyle. So if they didn't prepare for that, then they may fall into that pitfall. Mm. So what about if, let's say, people who like, uh, are already in a problem right now, mm. uh, what, what kind of things they can do to actually get themselves out of it? So, uh, so the other day I went to uh, Genie Boy's podcast, right? On mm. Mama's session. And uh, he asked me this question and I had my answer. Lah. Uh, but before I share my answer, you know, I thought like, I want to mm. ask you this, right? So if someone is already in that situation right now, right, what, what can they do? So they are already feeling yeah. the pinch. They feel the pinch already. They don't have okay. enough money. Maybe they just got fired, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like what, what else? They well, can you do? have no choice but to rebudget your whole expenses. That is number one. To see where you can cut. Perhaps there are some fats there that you can cut. In the past, maybe your phone bill is... 150, 200 ringgit, maybe you want to downgrade it to 50 ringgit, 30 ringgit, for example. 
maybe you eat uh uh yu qi bao yu every week one. then now you don't eat anymore <laughs> la. you go and eat roti chana and me goreng you know that kind of stuff hey, roti chana is also expensive you know, 380 for one roti telur now uh, uh, then you cook yourself la. you make your own roti chana that would be cheaper but uh, the point here is try to cut all those fats to help you because every cent counts when, when you are in that situation that's right That's right. and then from there you start to build up your savings again and then hopefully it will help you to sustain for that period of time when economy turns then you find other other kind of a strategy to to push you forward a little that's bit. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so so one one thing that comes to this, right, is that when I was uh, talking to Jimmy Boy, when they asked, like, was there anything that we can do with these people, right? I actually <coughs> told them up front that, honestly, to be very honest, is that there, there is no simple solution anymore. Mm. Yeah, the, the truth is, if you want a simple solution, it would have been a preparation before you get into trouble. Like before you get into real trouble, start cutting your expenses first. Start Correct. saving money first. But if let's say you're already in the trouble, right? The truth is, uh, there's no easy way out already when you know. You you yeah. can't take a loan because you don't have a job. Yeah. And mm. taking a loan right now is going to be a very, very dangerous thing. Mm. Right? Yeah. Number two, um, if let's say you 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 are already having a you know a lavish lifestyle you know or whatnot and right now you lose your job you need to cut those lifestyle it's gonna be even more stressful because you're facing financial problem right and you have to downsize your whole life at the same time it is extremely stressful now you notice uh, psychologically uh, there's a study that shows right people who are poor uh, tend to consume a lot more entertainment than people who are well to do and you. Mm. The reason being is because, right, you're already so stressed for the whole day. You're already so stressed for the whole day. I mean, you are like working very hard, maybe you're a janitor, you know, in a low-paying job. And after you go home, right, you're just so tired. Now, it is different from someone who is working in a job that they love and finding purpose and work as hard and then they're making money. Because it is enjoyable to a certain extent. But if, let's say, in that situation, right, the, the little amount of time that you have, you want to make use of it to reward yourself already. Mm. Yeah, and, and that is the thing. Yeah, you can say that like logically you're supposed to work harder after that, you know, study and so on. But let, let's be honest, not everyone is built to be like that. If like that, then everyone is going to be successful, right? So yeah. the truth is, there's nothing much you can do. The only thing you can do, right, is actually right now onwards, uh, before you even get into 2023, right, I would advise you to actually think about how to spend your money's worth, right? Only spend it in a way that it really gives you an investment return, mm. right? Spend it in a manner that it gives you investment return. Uh, what do you mean by that, right? If let's say you say you want to buy the latest watches or whatnot, you know, or like the latest shoe, does it really give you a return? Or a t-shirt that is 500 ringgit. Yeah, <laughs> d- does it really give you a return? You may want to ask yourself a question. I know some of you are saying like, hey, you know, uh, some of you are saying that like uh, you, you, you want to, what do you call that? Uh, some of you are probably saying like, oh, because the shoe is an investment, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, but then you have to ask yourself this question or like, can you sell it immediately tomorrow at a good price and make money? Or if tomorrow you was to sell it, you will end up losing money. Yeah. So if let's say tomorrow you sell it, there's a chance that you end up losing money, then it's not liquid enough, flow, as simple mm. as that. Then this is not a game that you can afford to play. Now, in fact, I want to share this with you, right? I, I actually have a friend who's like, extremely rich, right? Super rich, right? Their family, they hang out with Quit Ling Chan, they hang out with like uh, all the Hong Leong, their old money family, lah, right? Old money family, they can go out and they have a dinner, 8,000 ringgit, no problem, right? It's really rich people. And he himself, he just drives to Honda City and when when his house, uh, super simple. And you know what he tell me? Uh? 
he tell and he go and cut hair and cut it in an eight ringgit barber shop. Mm. Uh, so he tells me one thing, right? Uh, he said that for me, how I see it is that you must always be prepared to be able to live poor, live live frugally. Mm. If if you're not prepared for it, when it hits you, you're gonna be in deep trouble. Mm. That's why he always tells me. Uh, so he always like like when during COVID time us. Uh, Things were very bad for some of his friends, right? So he was telling me, "Yeah, I already told them already. You know, don't live so lavishly. You know, uh, now I'm okay. I chill, uh, You know, <laughs> yeah, very chill. I uh, sitting with uh, a lot of money, lah. Uh. Does he have like nice watches? Yeah, he does. But yeah, he has a, a bunch of Rolexes because he enjoys collecting it. But if you walk out with him, you don't see him wearing a Balenciaga shirt. Mm. Yeah, he, you don't see him wearing. You don't see him using like Mont Blanc pants. You know, everything like that because for him, he already decided. Well, am I going to spend it? I'm going to spend on watches. And I'm going to spend on it on these certain conditions, right? Which is if I hit my yearly revenue, you know, and stuff, and I buy it, right? But if not, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend on things just to look good overall. I'm only going to spend on things that truly gives me that, that enjoyable return, right? That, that's the style that, that, that he goes there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's very important for all of us here who are actually watching this right now. Will there be a recession in 2023? The truth is you can't predict. Mm. But one thing you can do is prepare yourself individually for it. And the best way is before you hit a recession, today, you start to sit down and plan your finances and ask yourself this mm. question, can I, do I really need all this stuff, right? I, I think one of the things that I did this year is I changed my mobile plan back down to a very cheap, cheaper mobile plan, mm. right? Uh, I used to play about 200 ringgit, now I pay about 90 ringgit. Uh, and then like, uh, you know, I'm still driving my old car, right? Uh, we, yeah, have been, yeah. we have been talking about this yeah. subject for yeah. so long. This already. guy every day look at cars, look at cars, but still don't want to buy because he <laughs> said he wants to save money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have been talking about it in the office. Oh, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want to buy. But then like every time when it comes to a point that we yeah. are close to like when-, when guy, Okay, come, come, let's go to the showroom. Then he's like, ah, oh, don't want. Uh, don't best want idea, best person. Then later, I'll be like, when they, when they, you know, I'm trying to convince them to that I should change a car. By the time they say, yeah, you should change a car, right? Then I I change direction and convince them that why I shouldn't change a car. <laughs> then after that, I change my stance again by convincing them that mm. I need to change a car. So this has been going back and forth. Uh, and the reason that I'm not buying is very simple. I was thinking to myself, do do I really do I really need to spend the extra two thousand ringgit, right, or mm. one thousand ringgit, or seven hundred ringgit, whatever car that is, right? Mm. Yeah. And if let's say, like, for example, my consideration is I want to get an MPV if I can, because uh, number one, the company can use it to transport uh, our production equipment when we go out for shoot. And number two is I, my family's, uh, my mom doesn't drive. So mm. having that flexibility of uh, being able to fetch my mother together in one car, it's uh, 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 a privilege for me, la, right? But then the question is, like, do I need it? Then I think to myself, okay, so if I don't want to spend 2,000 ringgit, a month buying a uh, uh, an MPV, then maybe I should buy a Ativa or something like that, right? Something that's cheap, uh, at least, you know, uh, it's something that's fun to drive, you know, uh, it doesn't break down that much, you know, mm. and stuff like that. Then, but then I think to myself, like, how, how, how happy am I really going to be versus holding another extra 1,000 ringgit in my pocket? Right. Right. So that, that is a question that I still cannot mm cannot uh, come to a very, very clear decision until if my car spoil another one, two more times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my car has been going in and out of the workshop like every one, two months. So uh, they have been fetching me all around. So if let's say if really this happens, then yeah, maybe I need to change the car. But if not, then, you know, 
Maybe Correct, but then, uh, right? but uh, honestly speaking, I don't think now is the good time to buy a car because we are in this transition period between mm. ICE, yes. between ICE vehicle and uh, EV. So you buy ICE vehicle also is like not so nice because five, 10 years down the road, everyone is going to change to EV. But it's also not nice to change an EV because the infrastructure is not there yet. So That's you are right. stuck in this dilemma. Right, yeah. and then chances are when you buy a car is for at least seven years, ten years, fifteen years, one month. So how are you going to live with the car for the next ten, that's fifteen right, years? That's right. So, so it is it is a very hard choice to make. I can understand that, but yeah lah, If your car spoil another two more times, uh, that's that's you another story. Just la, get something uh, cheaper, lah. <laughs> but so uh, I'm even thinking about like, getting a second hand car first and then yeah. see where it goes, right? Uh, but anyway, the point that we want to make is this: Is two two three going to be a recession? Right at the individual level, I doubt many of you are going to feel it. Yeah, because. Mm. Most of our businesses already went through COVID-19. Those that need to close down already closed down. You think about it. Those that can still sustain today, uh, generally they are pretty frugal and they can manage their finances quite well. Yes, there will be still a certain portion that they end up closing shop if anything happened, provided no big event. Provided no big event, right? But generally, I would say that uh, whatever they can go on will, will go on already. But how are you going to feel this recession moving ahead is... Two things I need. Number one, if let's say uh, China really end up dropping like crazy, the exports from Malaysia to China drop significantly as well, mm. uh, which I think the sector that can get affected most significant is actually the tech sector in Malaysia yep. because they are the ones that export the most to China. Oil and gas, nope, is going to continue going on. Mm -hmm. uh, it has been going through bad years for 10 years, so I don't think it's going to make too much of difference yep. uh, this time around. Uh, but tech industry... Uh, there may be some jitters. Now, so then the question is how big is this jitter is going to translate to local... Com uh, how uh, does it domino down to other parts yes, of the that's economy? Right, that's right. And, and no matter how I look at it, it may not end up dropping down too much. Mm. Uh, it may not. It may not. Because uh, usually when you fire, you fire the, the high earning, uh, like high value stuff who are paid very well. But Malaysia generally, if you look at the 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 kind of tech industry that we are in, they are mostly in areas that they are needed already. It's very hands-on, mm. it's very manpower oriented. So if they fire these people, the company cannot really move on. So it is not like you can scale kind of stuff. No. So I doubt it's gonna really hit us at an individual level that much, aside from increasing food prices, mm. because most retail shops are still going to increase their prices. And that's where you're going to see the problem because you're not going to see a pay raise that much, but you are going to see your expenses increasing significantly by 10% or another 20% in the next coming year, mm. right? That, that could be the case and inclusive of the rising interest rate. So you have to budget in these two parts. I would say that even if you think that your expenses are okay right now, chances are if you have a house loan, yeah, and then you are eating out a lot, your expenses is gonna increase by about 10 to 10 to 15 percent. Yeah, that that's likely the case. Lah. That mm. is likely the case. So if you can only save 10 percent a month a month, the chances are you won't be able to save a single dollar already. Correct. Yeah, and if let's say you cannot save memang in the past, now you're gonna start going into 10% debt every month. Yeah. So you need to rearrange your budget. Uh, that will be the safest thing to play. Yeah. So However, I think the bigger concern is on the SME sector, people mm. who owns their own business. I think these are the people that will get affected. So if anyone here owns a business at this point, if you own a business, can you just write one in the comment, right? Yeah. So at the same time, just a quick plug. Next week, we are running a 
webinar. Yeah, it's a free webinar. Uh, it is co-organized uh, with us and uh, Malaysia Entrepreneur and Startup Groups and also with uh, Alliance Bank, Bank as well. Right. Yeah, so it's actually a three, three parties uh, uh, partnered up event. Uh, and we are going to talk about rebounding resilience in 2023. Uh, uh, how to actually go through uh, the recession and how do you prep yourself, right? Mm. And so there will be three of us. Uh, there'll be me, there'll be Vernon. He's the COO of Zeus Coffee. Yeah, so all of you have probably heard of Zeus Coffee. And there's uh, Cervantes, which is uh, the TKL license holder, founder in Malaysia. Right. Yeah, so uh, he has a vast experience in uh, in entrepreneurship as well. So uh, all of us are going to talk about money and how to secure it for your business. So if you're a business owner, you know, uh, do come and join us uh, for this particular event. Yeah, it's a free event. Mm. Yeah, so uh, working with like say- yeah. If you're thinking of starting your own business, you can also join this event. Then you can pick up one of two tips on uh, how to actually manage oh, your yes. cash flow before you start your business. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't fall into those pit holes that yeah. um, other, uh, other people may experience. Yeah, I would say that actually managing personal finance and managing business finance is- not too big difference. It's just different contexts a little mm, bit different to a certain extent, right? Yeah. So let's talk about business. How do you think businesses? How do you think businesses mm. are going to be affected by this recession, Frankie? Uh, okay, businesses. Uh, I think generally, it's it comes down to how good is the management in forecasting uh, at least. 12 to 18 months down the road. So the keyword here is forecasting. Forecast. forecast. Right. Well, business is always about forward-looking. Like, like today, we are already talking about 2023. Where are we going to get our jobs? How are we going to secure our revenue so that it can help us to plan our expenses and all that? So for business, it's very much about forecasting. On the individual level, it's called budgeting. So we had the four, four webinar session where you go through how we should budget for 2023 so that we don't uh, we don't get into trouble next year. Yeah. And uh, this Saturday, we are going to the finale, the physical event in BBCC. So if you sign up for the event, you can also uh, meet us there uh, physically for the first time. Uh, but on the business context, that would be forecasting. So a, a business that cannot forecast well, then they cannot see that next year is going to be a bad year. And then what happens is they continue to spend now. That's right. They spend, 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 spend. And then when we hit recession, and then they will go like, oh no, all my clients all went away. All my staff are waiting for me to pay salary. Mm. And then, you know, my bank is chasing me for the business loan that I've took up like mm. six months, nine months ago. Then that is the time you fall into trouble. That's right. Yeah. But if let's say, for example, your forecast has been conducted pretty well, you know that next six months, 12 months, 18 months is not going to be good, but now you're okay. You're still okay. And then when you go to the bank to apply for a loan, for example, then the bone, the bone, the, bone. <laughs> the, the loan. Okay, yeah, the bank will will ask for your track record one, Then at least at that point, right, you can show your track record, which is still okay, one, you know. That's right. Because when you hit that bump in front, and then the bank asks for your track record, then you're going to show them the bad track record. That's right. Right. Then that 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 will be even harder for you to secure a loan. That's right. So I think it's very important to plan ahead. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, I think I think one of the things that we you need to understand, uh, uh, you you need to understand with the fact that when it comes to businesses in two two three, right, uh, you may not end up closing your shop, you may not end up being in the deep trouble, but there are a few issues that could happen. I think number one is that clients may be saving up on budget. Mm. Yeah, uh, unless you are in a very unique position where, like you know, 
yeah, generally marketing marketing side, generally the 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 money is not hold back on uh, they will still spend uh, huh? especially for FMCG companies. Uh. Now, uh, number two is to uh to actually understand that like you could end up facing a slightly longer payment terms. Right? So you you want to prepare for your cash flow and forecasting is definitely one of the most important things. Uh, even for our company here, we 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 actually do a forecast every quarter. Mm. Every quarter we sit down, uh, every quarter they will suddenly see my face sit down and then I'll be like questioning about the money. <laughs> I'll be asking, where, 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 how, how, how much do we have? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's something that we do actually on a very much on a quarterly basis. And the truth is, you 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 really do not know. Like for example, in 2022, we, we thought it was going to be really a bad year, but it turned out to be quite okay. an okay year for mm. us actually, right? In 2021, we thought uh, like that and it, it we, we, we had a good run as well, right? So we really do not know. But I think one of the things that as, as, a, as a business manager, uh, as a business owner, you want to pay attention to during recession uh, is actually your team. Yeah, your team. Because during recession, the issue is sometimes, you see what happens is that even your clients were to reduce their orders or whatnot, but sometimes they will end up asking you to do exact same amount. So you get paid less. So it means that your staff need to take on more work for less. And if let's say you have been a manager or business owner that has not been able to convince your staff to follow you, you will have a very big problem. Mm. You will end up have a very demotivated workforce. And with that demotivated workforce, end of the day, you may get into real trouble. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we all know an organization that's that has unhappy workforce generally don't do it that well. Right? Yep. Yeah, based on studies, says or not, I say one, right? Yep. Harvard study or not, I study one, huh? but generally that's the case. So you you as a manager, you as an owner, you need to take care of your staff even before. Mm. You need to take care of your staff even before. You yep. need to show them that that you are part of this whole thing together. And like Depending on different businesses, uh, for us, we actually uh, somewhat created a, a profit sharing structure as well with our staff. So we actually pay them bonus according to the whole company performance and individual performance and stuff like that so that they get a share of the, the overall profit of the company. And, and that actually motivated the people. And that will help you to make your staff much more leaner as well because mm. they will know the fact that if, let's say, our staff are lean, then what will happen is uh, it will... They, they are willing to do more with with what they have because they know that in the end they get they more get, as well yeah they will they will get awarded with the no they will get rewarded with the with the effort that they put in that's right that's right. right so uh these are a few things that you really want to take care right and having said that when you comes to securing funding uh, I think one of the biggest problem is like what Frankie said right uh, many business only want to secure funding when they are in trouble when they're in trouble. But actually, that is actually a very, very, very bad move. Imagine, uh, if your friend tomorrow come to you, right, and ask you this thing, uh, hey, bro, bro, uh, you know, uh, now uh, I got Tayilong chasing me, uh, I just lost my job, uh, everything, uh, can I pinjam from you 50,000 ringgit? Uh? You are going to be wondering, uh, can this fella even pay me back or not? Mm. Uh, but if let's say, right, your friend, uh, Half a year ago, uh, when he was driving his nice BMW, when he's still working as a senior manager, come to you and say, hey, bro, we got this thing. Uh, you wanna, can you borrow me 50000 to start off this venture? I make you a partner, you know, something like that. Yeah, You will likely 
more likely to loan the fella the money, you know? Mm. So that's why you need to be able to project ahead. That is something that you want to do. Uh, think of it this way, right? So some people actually ask me this question uh, on uh, uh, why, why should you think of it like that? Think of it this way. If today you can hire a staff, if you can hire a staff, huh? and this staff uh, is going to sit in your office, uh, do nothing much, uh, just every day sit there. Okay? But uh, his skill is this. If your company need money, uh, he can pay for all the things. Mm. <laughs> you you want to hire this stuff or not? <laughs> okay, well... Okay, right? Yeah. That, that's what you hire a director for, right? actually, right. most of the time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's the same concept. Mm. It's the same concept. Just think of it in this way. Lor. So um, we are going to delve more into it and you're going to get more conversation about it in mm. next week when we actually do this uh, webinar together with uh, Cervantes and Vernon mm. uh, where we're going to talk about individually our business, uh, how we actually overcome the different kind of things and how do we actually plan ahead. But having said that as well, no matter how you plan, no matter how you plan, uh, it's there are still risks at the end of the mm. day. And what I have to say is this, right? Uh, from manpower planning to cash flow planning, you really, really have to pay attention to it, especially if you're a business. Mm. Yeah? And uh, be a little bit more conservative when it comes to expanding unless you're very, very confident that you are you have already secured certain things. But we'll never know because different type of business model has a different way of working, right? Yep. So comes down to there as well. So that's all about it when it comes to how to prepare yourself for a recession. Mm. Uh, final last, co to conclude this, do you think there will be a recession in 2023 and what should we do in general? Any last words for the people, Frankie? I think, uh, um, I think given all the economic indicators that we can see on the news and all that, I think there's a good chance that we will go into recession in 2023 maybe we are even already in a recession. It's just that because it's not two consecutive quarter of negative GDP whereby what the textbook said. So therefore, it is not officially a, re a recession yet, but most likely we are already inside already. So uh, if we are there, then um, get prepared during those times. Uh, cash flow is everything because the day that your boss tells you tomorrow you won't have your job anymore, then only you'll come and worry and say, oh shit, what should I do for the next six months? Then that would be a little bit too late. Yeah. yeah. So my, my personal thought is this. Uh, I think that we are likely already stepping into a recession or already in a recession. Uh, it's just that we don't feel it that much because unlike the stock market, it crashed by 20% in overnight. Uh, recession doesn't happen that way. It eases into it. One. Mm. It eases into it slowly. And it doesn't happen at a very... like big skill in terms of like when you walk out the street all your friends lose their job it doesn't go like that you will still have some friends earning more money getting a good pay you will still have some friends who end up a little bit worried about their job and so it depends on the spectrum that you are in and the 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 category that you are in but i have to say that generally the most vulnerable group in this recession will be people whose job is not significant enough what do I mean by that? If let's say you find yourself in this position today where if you go into the office or don't go into the office, right, it doesn't affect your company's operation, then you want to be extra careful because if anything happened, you could be the first person that goes. Mm. Yeah, you could be the first person that go away. Uh, for those people who actually, you know you're significant enough that anytime you walk into the office, you don't go one day, uh, the whole office is very stressed and uh, chances are you won't get fired. Mm. Okay, chances are you won't get fired. The worst situation also is you pay don't cut. get that high a pay mm. raise any. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, I would argue that you may even get a raise. 
Yeah, because your employer will pay you more to do more also. Yeah. yeah. But if you are in that category where you are not going to be not a significant person at work, then you may want to be very careful. So uh, in order to prepare yourself moving ahead is upskill yourself uh, to be able to learn how to deal with people in a manner where maybe you are not significant, not because you are not good, but because you don't know how to take credit for your job. Learn to take credit for your job, right? Learn to show your boss that you are important enough because that's the best way to prepare for it. Will it go into a sudden crash like stock? I doubt. I doubt. I doubt so. But if it hits you, it will hit you and your your life that month will go down like stock. <laughs> but if not, I, I doubt it's going to happen that way. You're not going to see a big scale as well because also there's credit card to ease the burden. Mm. Yeah. So if let's say your friend lose his job tomorrow, he will just end up swiping his credit card and you won't feel it, man. Mm. You won't see your friend going poorer, man. Yeah, you will just see him swiping the credit card. And he. So uh, that's what I think. Uh, I think that we are already in and I think that it's going to happen. It's just that you may not feel the full scale of it depending of which industry and what kind of position are you in. So the best thing to look at it is this way. If you prepare for it and it doesn't happen to you, congratulations, you got more money. Which is a good deal, right? Yeah. Mm. If it happens to you, you can sustain yourself. It's still a good deal. So it's a win-win. So whether or not it's a recession, yeah, I think more importantly is you prepare for it like you may go into a recession. If you are prepared, actually recession is the best thing to happen. Oh yeah. Because everything is cheap, everything is slow, you can take your own time to see what you want to do that's with the right. resources that you have. That's right. Mm. So that's all about it for today's session, right? Uh, thank you very much. And right now, let's go into a time of Q&A. Yeah. So if you have any question, please ask us. I know some of you actually uh, had your tickets for this Saturday cancelled, right? Uh, if you're one of those guys, uh, I just want to let you know is that what happened is that we got, a, uh, we, we, we actually called, because mm. we have limited space, we only have about 300 space maximum and we had about five 600 to Correct. 700 sign up. So we had a bunch of people in the waiting list. So we gave the people who actually got a space a call uh, on... No, on we actually called everyone but uh, it turns out that some, some people, uh, maybe they were busy or maybe... Uh, the phone was silent or whatnot. So, yes. so they didn't pick up the call. So when when those people didn't pick up the call, then they quickly go down to the next person. That's right. And then, you know, as you go down and go down and go down, then spaces keep filling up. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. we tried to recall some of you also, but uh, if you didn't pick up the call, then we just consider it as, you know, maybe it's a... Maybe it's a no. No so, go. So yeah. then after that, also we send an email uh, and if you didn't reply to the email, uh, Okay, so basically what happened is that if let's say you 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 found a ticket cancel, uh, what I would suggest you to do is actually just email in and ask, okay, uh, how is it going to go from here? Okay, uh, yeah, basically that's the case here. Hmm. So let's go into this, some of these questions. I think some of the people are asking, how bad is the recession? Mount Bank with bank growth. So if let's say during a recession, how do you think bank stocks are going to perform? 
uh, everything slow, ma, so your loans growth is also slow. Loans growth slow means uh, they have lesser interest to collect. The lesser interest to collect means everything slow. La. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so generally, everything is going to be slow. Yeah. Always remember, bank is the best proxy of the economy. So if the bank is slow, that means the whole economy is slow. Yep, that's right. Yeah. But I think if let's say if we are in that, uh, you know, it's like it's an economy on drips. Uh. Mm. Like go hang water in the hospital. Like that, uh. mm. So you are not dead, you know. You're not recession, but you're just suffering, right? Mm. Then I think banks will do well. Mm. Cause more credit card debt. Mm. Then they will report high revenue. Like now? Eh? Yeah. Now <laughs> banks, you see, every quarter they report very good results. Eh? Yes. So that's <laughs> actually telling you something. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Okay. How to know which skill in your area of study is in high demand? I think for fresh grad, it's hard to know. Um, Actually, it's not hard to know, but for fresh grad, sometimes you do not know because you're not in the industry yet. Yeah. So you got no practical experience. Now, I think what is important is if you are a fresh grad, don't just live in your world with fresh grad. Mm. Yeah, that's one very important advice that I think helped me in my life, which is that I don't just hang out with people at my level. I always go and look for people who are higher level, people who are business owner, people who are my managers and so on. And I ask them this question. They can give you an answer one, right? They can immediately give you an answer. If you go and ask your, your big boss, huh, like actually what's, skill set do you need the most to help this company grow? Uh? I bet your bosses can give you an answer. Yeah. But if let's say you don't go even talk to your boss, you every day only talk to your peer. I'm so sorry, uh, you will never know the answer, uh, right? So when you figure out this kind of answer, then you look around. Number two is to look at trends, right? And some of you are closer in those trends. Like for example, if you're, in the, if you're very familiar with digital, you would know that digital marketing is a growing business. As business is doing we say recession and whatnot, but digital marketing is growing. So mm. what do you think is needed in the digital marketing? What are the skill set needed? Yeah? Uh, and some actually, uh, then you need to go and dissect the market. Lah. Like what is, what are the skill set needed in digi digital marketing? Lah? Like website building, you know, all this kind of stuff. You don't end up being a, okay, no offense, like maybe an account manager. Mm. Yeah. Then, then you're not in that highly sought after skill set you are a middle person dealing with projects, then maybe they can. But if let's say you are the person designing a website or writing the program, they are not going to fire you unless you can't do your job. Yeah, simple as that, right? So mm. you need to go and figure it out by doing more research. Okay, my, my, my answer, I want to add to that. Uh, mine is pretty much a self-discovery thing. Okay, so during my time, right, um, actually IT is not the thing to study when. Right? the thing to study during my time was accounting, right? So um, then, then I asked myself, what if uh, IT become popular when I come out? Because that is going to be like three, five years down the road and I don't know what it's going to be. And then you have parents pressuring, like, like you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be an engineer, that kind of stuff, right? So there are a lot of things for me to consider. Then finally, I told myself that actually it's not what I study or what I end up in that particular field, it's what I can make use of what I do and where I am at that point in time yep. to excel in the things that I do. Yep. So it is not so much of what is the best job to go into today. It's more about how, how can you bring yourself up to mm. be a competitive person in the market. Yep, that's mm. very true. So what happens after a recession usually? Uh, yes, usually after a recession when everything is so bad already, you can only go up. Lah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's generally the yeah. case. Uh. The question is just how long it takes for you to go as low as possible. Uh, and where's the bottom? Uh. Mm. Yeah. So how to know which skill in your area? Okay, I didn't want to answer this, sorry. Yeah, is it wise to invest in property right now as the interest is increasing? Ah, okay, Frankie, what do you think about this? Investing in property, do you think it's a good time right now? It depends on why you buy the property. Yeah, and what uh, kind of property. And what right? kind of property. Uh, if you are just getting married and you need to buy a house to start a family, interest rate high or low, also you need to buy a house on. Ma. So irrelevant. just buy. La, right? yeah. Irrelevant. But if you are trying to buy it to flip in the market, to try to make quick money and all that, with high interest rate, your risk is a lot higher. Yep. Because one month you cannot flip, that means one month more interest you need to pay. That's right. Yeah. So right. those are the things that you need to consider. Yeah, I think the next thing is that uh, to look at the kind of property, uh, just look at the data, uh, what kind of property are in oversupply, what kind of property are in high demand, right? Then go for the property with high demand. Mm. Uh, I think what the ultimate goal for every property investor to a certain extent, uh, that's what I think, uh, is actually to invest in uh, retail shop lots, right? Mm. Retail commercial properties, right? Because think about it, you like or not, just look at uptown, uh, right? During COVID, some shops ground floor closed down. Today, straight away open. Eh? Yeah, it's not going to go down much. Eh? It's only going to keep going up if you find a good place. But is it expensive? Yeah, it's much more expensive than residential. So therefore, uh, it's um, you really need to have that money. So if you're not in that kind of game, then uh, it may be a little bit harder. You may need to think through yourself. Invest in REIT law if you yeah. really want to have an exposure in commercial properties. Mm, yeah, mm. that's also one way. Yeah. That's also one way. Yeah. So let's look at the next thing. Business is very good now. Should I look at expansion next year? Next year. Uh, ta ching lo. Uh, wow. Wow, congratulations, very, your business is so good. This is a very good question, right? Yeah. yeah, your business is good. Firstly, congratulations. Should you look at expansion next year? I think this question you should answer yourself because I have no information about <laughs> what kind of company do you yeah. run. <laughs> I don't even know your balance sheet. I don't know anything about your company. So it won't be fair for me to tell you whether should you expand or not. Yeah. Correct, correct. So uh, like we talked about just now, you need to forecast your business operation to see how it yes. is going to be in the next 12, 18 months. That's if right. If you think it's going to be as good as today, then why not? Go ahead. Yeah, if you yeah. think it's only going to be better, then why not, right? Uh, I know some people who are expanding their business during this very time because they are placed in an industry where the demand is getting higher and higher. Yeah, so it really comes down to your business right now. But I have to say that if let's say you're running a very traditional business that is a very manpower-oriented and uh, and like maybe can be easily affected by economy itself, mm. then you may want to think twice, right? Yeah. So I think only you yourself will know the best numbers because the fact that you can run a good business, it means you know how to run a business, I suppose, right? <clears throat> Well, unless you want to sit down with us and show us your balance sheet, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. During a recession, this year approach is better to acquire growth stock or dividend stock. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, this year approach is always good. And is it good for dividend stock or growth stock? I think it's good for both. Mm. Yeah. Because DCA is just all about <clears throat> reducing risk. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a concern to say like, if I'm going to DCA, I should focus on growth stock. If I'm doing DCA, I should focus on this. Not really. Unless you're telling me you're near retirement. Mm. Yeah, that right now, tomorrow, you, next year, you're going to retire. So the question is, should you put in a lump sum to collect income or should you mm. 
put in the money into a growth stock. Then I can just tell you that you should put into dividend ah, because you need income when you retire. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I think the correct statement for this is during recession, because during re- recession, then you can really see which company is good, which company is bad. So during recession, your DCA approach is better to acquire good stocks, good fundamental stocks. And when you can see those stocks that kaput already one, the business kaput already one, that of course you don't continue to DCA that one. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you know the company dying, please don't correct, DCA. Correct, correct. Because yeah. recession, you can see a lot of funny, funny things. Man. That's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. So Jim Wong asked a very good question. Okay, uh, at FD rate, yeah, what FD rate do you think you will park your money there or will you just DCA into stock? Now, uh, I have to say this one thing, right? When it comes to this part, uh, it, it really comes down to yourself. Uh, depend on what age are you in. If let's say you are in, uh, like I say, if you are, you are in an age like 50, you know, above 45, you shouldn't be taking too much of risk to actually go through a fluctuation because you need that money as an income. Then I would say that... Uh, you shouldn't be thinking too much about DCAing into stock to a certain extent. Yeah, but you can, but you shouldn't be everything. Now, another option that you can think of is actually KWSP. Yeah, especially if you don't need the money. Because think about it, KWSP, market good, market bad, right? Also give you 5 to 6%. Right? Capital guarantee. Worst market, give you 2.5%. The only thing is you got to lock your money there for a while. But do you know one thing? If let's say your EPF has, has more than 1 million inside, the above 1 million amount, you can withdraw it anytime with no reason, okay? So it kind of works like an account where you have to secure a basic. Once you secure the basic, then they allow you to flexibly use it as just an FD itself. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's a very good deal, you know? And for many of you, if let's say currently you you hit an income of 5,000 to 6,000 by the time you're 30 years old, that kind of, chances are you have 1 million in your account by the time you retire. Mm. Yeah, chances are, chances are. And if you have extra money and if you are really very afraid of risk and you don't plan to withdraw that money in the near future at all, you know, you could think about investing in EPF. Yeah, but if not, you think that it's not flexible enough and you really want to go for the growth, yeah, DCAing into stock, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But again, like I say, provided that you can bear through with the volatility also. Yeah. Now, However, definitely, if I say like an FD is giving me a rate of 6 to 7% versus DCAing, which one will you choose? No, the thing is, if, <laughs> the thing is, if FD rate is 6, 7%, right, then people would expect your stock return to be 10, 12%. Correct. So it still comes back to the same question. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so you measure against it and yeah. you see yourself. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. So, uh, but we expect doesn't mean actually the stock performing and that. Huh? Mm. So in fact, if you look at the actual stock performance generally is about like 3%, right? And then FD is going to be 6%, right? You know the answer, D. Correct. So just, just to give you all some context. So why is share market keep going down every single day? That is because interest rates has been going up. So people will be thinking, hey, if, if FD can give me 3%, 4% and stock market only give me 2%, why do I buy stocks? Yeah. Or oh, so you only give me 4%, right? Correct. Which is like, 1% extra, extra for the volatility. For I might as well put my money yeah. in the bank, right? That's so that's right. why stock market crash. That's right. You must think, so you, you don't fall in love with investment. You always just look at numbers. You fall in love with the numbers, not the investment, mm. right? And there's always a premium that you need to pay for the risk that you are taking, yeah? Uh, so uh, Low Touching gave us an answer of what industry is it in? Geek industry. Okay, so sorry, Greek industry basically means freelance, right? Mm. So, so uh, I still don't know what you're doing because you can be a freelance videographer, you can be a freelance editor, you can be a freelance 
programmer. Programmer, yeah. you can be a freelance sales. Mm. You know, it can, it can be anything. So I, I really do not know. And like I say, if you really want to know an answer, I think your kind of thing uh, requires much more, much more information before we can kind of give you some sort of a opinion on what we think lah. And even with that, like it I said, you know your Correct. own business the best, not us. Yeah. yeah. If recession, how would this affect T20 group? If there is high-end properties such as... Okay, so if recession, how will it affect T20 group? Uh, I think firstly, as long as you're not fired, you're fine now, right? Yeah. If there is high-end properties such as DPC, Desapa and Damansara as a whole area, not really affecting. In fact, there's still demand for it. Uh, I don't quite understand the question, but... Uh, I think what you're trying to say is that at the end of the day, whether recession or not, there's still a strong demand for property. Yes, I have to agree for, let's say for example, if you look at Banda Utama, right? Yeah. Uh, no matter recession or not, people are still looking for it. Why? Because there are still people who are making money. Yeah. But could it, but if you actually just look at the number in terms of like uh, rental yield and property price increase, you will notice that may not be too significantly high. Mm. Yeah, because you must remember the pools of buyer is not that much. It is that few people in a way. Yeah. Please look at those scam victim. Uh, Malaysia are keeping too much can on hand that already agree. I, I have to agree. I think Malaysians are very oddball people and people generally are just oddball. When you tell them about like stock market investing, they tell you it's very high risk because it can drop by 20%. But, and then you tell them that, oh yeah, over 10 years, you can make maybe 15% return a year if you pick up a good investment, right? Uh, they will feel that it's very risky because they don't want their money leave their hand. But at the moment you tell them uh, a money game or something like that that can give them 10% every month, even though it's not registered, even though it's extremely high risk, mm. they will still put their money in. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how to say anything about that, but generally, I think people are just greedy, that's all. Yeah. As uni student, I have 2K to invest. Uh, where should I invest my money? Uh, that's a... <laughs> what are your thoughts, Frankie? Um, I think even with 2K, you can diversify. So um, I would actually, if I were you, if I only have 2K, maybe one, 1K in, oh no, you can't even do 1K in FD, you need 5K minimum, right? Oh, uh, can I, can. Can I? Can, lower, lower return. Eh? Oh, can I? Oh, yeah. then, then put 1,000 in FD and then the other 1,000, maybe you can open a, a, a trading account and learn how to invest. My opinion, uh, if you have 2,000 ringgit as a student, uh, is to keep the money and then uh, don't have to bother to think about investing first. Lah. Yeah, because do you have an emergency fund to start off with? Mm. Yeah. Uh, trust me, you will appreciate having an emergency fund by the time you come out and work. So if you already have 2K right now, save it up. Yeah. Uh, put 1,000 in FD, like Frankie say. Uh, yeah, if there's another 1,000, you want to use it and do something with it, um, well, it's up to you. But I think what's more important during this time is actually to learn. Yeah, to spend, to spend on, to spend time to actually invest in knowledge. Lah. I think that's the most important. I'm not saying go and sign up for courses or anything, okay? You, you can learn a lot of things even just through YouTube one. Yeah, so it's really, you no, know, do those things. Yeah, do those things. Yeah. Now, uh, 
EV won't last that long. Okay. Okay, so Jim Wong asked, I DCA during COVID slump. Will you advise to sell and wait for recession to DCA over again? Uh, is this the DCA strategy? Okay, DCA means dollar cost averaging. It means you continuously stick to the strategy. If let's say you end up timing the market to do your DCA, you're actually just timing the market. Then DCA loses its effect. Mm. <laughs> so, so you should actually just stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Yeah. How would you invest 40,000 monthly salary a month at the age of 20, 20 plus? So if let's say you have about a 40 over thousand ringgit salary a month at 20 plus, firstly, congratulations, man. Congratulations, yeah? Uh, so how will you invest it? Now, I think that there are a lot of things that you can do with it. Like a lot, right? A lot, yeah. So then it comes down to yourself. What do you know? What are you familiar with? Definitely, if you were to ask me what would I do, uh, I would actually set aside a uh, portion say about because you're 20 plus if let's say you're already earning this much and you think that this amount is going to be sustainable over long term it means that the money you don't really need it on a month-to-month -month basis already chances are because even if let's say tomorrow you say I want to buy a motorbike uh, you can just straight buy by cash you know next month mm. so you don't need the money that you have saved up to a certain extent then go for something that you believe can give you a long-term value right but Maybe setting aside about 30% into uh, like FD, you know, uh, into money market fund or something like that, simply because currently the market is bad. But remaining 70%, uh, right? Uh, pick up a good stock, DCA it. It's a good idea. And seven, seven thousand, like 70% of that amount, uh, it's, you can DCA quite a lot of stocks, you know. Mm. Yeah. So I think that is what I will do. Yeah, that's what I personally will do. Yeah, in fact, I may even consider topping up on my KWSP as part of the option as well. So maybe adding another 20%. So what happened is that I have 20% locked into my KWSP, ensuring that I have 5 to 6% income return every year. Uh, I have another 30% sitting down there as a cash so that earn some interest while at the same time saving up bullet for new opportunities when you see it down the road and remaining 50% dollar cost averaging it into a stock or like whatever investment that you feel that it's a uh, great, right? Uh, or even if you have money, buy a commercial shop lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going there if you didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, buy a commercial shop lot, man. Yeah, because why? Number one, you're only 20 plus, right? You have 30 years to pay off your loan. So you have plenty of time to service your loan. Number two, your salary is 40K a month. So the installment that you need to pay even though interest rate is high will not affect your lifestyle. So why not buy a house? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, is having two hundred thousand in saving at the middle of thirty years old is it good? Yes, I think it's pretty good. Uh, definitely, we we'll always say you can do better, but I think it's pretty good if mm. you have two hundred over thousand in cash. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, if a person reached forty and the person is not fully paid one first mortgage property, the person is com considered over committed. I think it depends on your perspective. Mm. Uh, I think Frankie's perspective is generally like that, right? <laughs> I think it's okay. Uh. I mean, if you have the bank paying for your house, why why worry, right? Yeah, it's a happy thing. For <laughs> me, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> depends on. But if let's say you say that it's a house that you're staying, then yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, correct, maybe. Correct. Yeah, but it. I I can't really say whether the person is good or bad, right? Mm. Just because of that. Uh, Hong Kong and China. We already talked about earlier. Yeah, so we won't go into that. Uh, what to do with 100,000? I think we already talked about uh, quite a bit on yep. this kind of subject already. 
Ah, okay. This is interesting. Nara Shikamaru asks, I have my whole portfolio invested in Malaysian stock. What advice would you give someone like me or put it another way? If you're me, what would you do? What would you do? Uh, okay. I... Uh well, if you have your whole investment in Malaysia, then I suppose you are fairly familiar with the Malaysian market. So, which means to say you are able to manual yourself within Malaysia market to find a stock that can give you maybe 5, 10, 15% return. So, there's no issue about it. I mean, if you go to overseas, it's not like you go to buy US stocks, you can get double the return. No, chances are you will still get 5, 10, 15% return. So, stay with something that you are familiar with if Malaysia is your playground, Malaysia is your sandbox, and you can generate a good return with that market, just continue doing what you do. Mm. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, I think it's always good to diversify. Yeah, uh, if you are familiar with the Malaysia market, congratulations, that's good. Nothing wrong with staying in just Malaysia market. But I think ideally, if you can, you know, uh, learn to invest in US stocks as well because it has its unique properties. Uh, and it, it's uh, it's high growth. La. If you mm. look for really, really high growth stock, I think US does provide very strong high growth stock. Correct. So, but the issue is because we are not Americans, we don't know how Americans work. So mm. even they can provide you with high return, but because you don't know the structure of the market, you may end up lose money even though it's a high growth market. Yeah. But yeah. on the other hand is this, uh, you can always pay attention to the bigger companies and today compared to last time, it's hard to find information, but today you just open the internet, you can find information about every single thing already. Correct. Yeah, but definitely you can't feel the vibes as strong as Malaysia, lah, right? Mm. Uh, but if you actually look at US, there's one benefit, right? Think about stocks like Apple and all this. Whether or not are you in US, you can feel the True. consumer trend. True. So, yeah, I think for yeah, me, but I, I would... Correct, correct. True, true. So, but if you turn it around, right, you, if you go and ask an American, hey, do you know Power Root? No, they were like, what the hell is uh, that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I would say that uh, US is... A, is a, and especially if, let's say, you talk about recession right now, right? Usually, when it comes to the end of recession rebound, US is also the first market to shoot up. Right. They're the first market to go down and then make everyone go down. They're also the first market to go up and then make everyone go up. Mm. So, uh, you want to talk about high growth, that kind of stuff. I think uh, US is actually a good place to look at. Uh, and if let's say you're interested in investing in US stock, you can actually use Interactive Broker. Uh, we have a link here. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can just click in the link and uh, yeah, go and check it out. Yeah. So, oh yeah. And because you can buy fractional shares via Interactive Broker. Mm. So, yep. I think that's a good one. So anyway, that's all about it tonight. Yeah, I think we have already run quite a lot answer a lot of question. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, Frankie, is there anything that you want to add on to any of this question or anything that you want to just go for before we end this session? Uh, no, I just hope to see you guys this Saturday if you're coming for the physical event and hopefully you guys will sign up for our SME that um, that uh, with the Cervantes and also Venon on next week on the 14th of December. So hope to see you guys in yes. both events. So just a quick ad plug once again for our next week's event on Wednesday where we are co-organizing it together with Malaysian entrepreneur and startup groups on, uh, and also with uh, Alliance Bank. Uh, we have three panel speaker and maybe more which is me, Vernon, the COO of Zeus Coffee. Yeah, If you want to hear about how Zeus actually grow from how suddenly 
started sprouting started. out yeah, everywhere, correct. right? Yeah, yeah, this is the time that you come over. Yeah, and also uh, with Cerventus, who is actually the founder of TEDKL, TEDxKL. Yeah, and we'll be talking about rebounding, resilience, sharing view of our business experience and how do we actually secure a good cash flow for mm. the business for healthy growth. So if you are one of those person, please come and join us, right? Uh, again, once again, it's free. Uh, so see you guys there. All right, good yeah. night. See and you guys. for those of you are wondering if we are going to teach any stock boot camp next year, yes, we are going to start. Uh, we are planning something yeah. on the, probably on a subscription basis so you don't yeah. need to yeah. keep on worrying about so whether you need to pay or not. Stay tuned because yep. this year we didn't really do any education stuff. Uh, so we are probably going to do it next year. So see you guys. Take care. All good right, night. good night. Bye-bye.